Welcome to Fellowship of Champions. We're a church that believes in teaching you how to win in life. Amen? We're also a church that likes to fellowship. But fellowship's good. There's a part of our identity that needs to belong, and fellowship is really important. And so I'm Ralph. Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean are chilling. Amen. 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 Because when you got great pastors, they need a break. And I'm glad that we got people that can step in and take care of service so they can have a break. So if you came to see Pastor Sean and Pastor Edwin this morning, my apologies, you won't see them. But you'll see me and I'll bless you with a word. Amen. But we really want to thank you for being here. There's many places that you could have chosen to worship, and we thank you that you chose to worship with us, and we pray that the word that you receive today will fall on good ground, and it will bring great harvest in your life. And so what we pray is that you have an expectation. An expectation is simply this. God, this is what I need out of service today. It's nothing fancy. Today you may be seeking some wisdom on whether to take a job or not. You may be needing advice on, on what happened, I mean, what you need to do in your marriage. Whatever it is right now, just get an expectation, because it's our goal at Fellowship of Champions that nobody leaves here without getting their expectations met. And it's not us, it's God that does it. And so we want to make sure that you get what you need, amen? Because as Mika, I think it was Mika or Santressa, somebody says, I mean, it's like a buffet. You come get what you need. I mean, that's the great thing about God. I'm not just a huge buffet fan in general for food, but when it comes to God, I like going in, grabbing what I need, and getting out. You know what I'm saying? And that's how great God is. And so what I want to talk about today is our identity in Christ. Because what, what the enemy has done is caused many of us not to understand the benefits of our identity. We kind of know who our daddy is, but we don't know all that entails. You know how you ever had an insurance policy or anything like that, and then let's say a, a, a tornado came or something, your house got messed up, electricity was out, and you, you lost $300 worth of food, and now you're sad and you go buy all this new food only to find out that your insurance would have covered it had you told them. But there are benefits that we don't know about because we haven't read everything about it. And sometimes we think it's good enough to know a little word. But tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor. little word, little, word. Little, results. little results. It's not good enough to just know the word, but we have to have deeper knowledge of the word that it flows out of us when we're pressed. Yes. Because a lot of times if, you, if you're not careful in your house and, and you, you thought you got delivered from cuss, but when you're walking through the house and it's, it's 1030 at night and you stub your toe on the cabinet or the couch, and then when you press, what comes out is really who you are. Come on. And so what we want to deal with today is how to overcome and walk in the fullness of God's identity for our life so that we may manifest everything that he has for us. Because I don't want to live life and get to heaven knowing I left all this on the table. Amen. And I mean, and it's crazy because that's all, and I'm just going to share with you what I've been studying for myself because I'm 35 years old and, and I got a lot of different talents, you know. I mean, I praise God, I'm intelligent, went to U of A, got free scholarship, all that. I mean, but at the end of the day, for a long, long period of my life, I didn't know who I was. I know who my daddy was, but I didn't know 
exactly what I was supposed to be doing. And so, and it's not a worse feeling than living life kind of empty. Great family, making more money than you ever made in your life, all as well as exterior appearances can say, but you know you still feel empty. Because there will always be an empty feeling until you fulfill the identity in which God calls you to walk in. Amen? I mean, so what we need to do is simply keen in on what God has called us to do so that we may be fulfilled in everything. All right. So, check this out. So when, when Adam was in the garden, and this is how messed up things, Adam had one choice. He had one job. Tell your neighbor, say one job. one job. His only job was to not, it was only one sin that Adam could commit while he was in the garden. And that's the night of the tree. He could have everything else he wanted. Why? Because when God set us up, God set us up to be taken care of. But no matter how great things is, we always got to make a choice. And so Adam made the wrong choice because Adam started letting the enemy deceive him into walking outside of his identity. Say to say, sin, sin. is just a basic, just a basic way, way of meeting our own needs. Because all sin is your basic way of trying to meet our own needs. Adam had authority over everything in the earth. Adam had all provision, but still he allowed the enemy to talk him out of it to think that he could have what? A little more. Because then you'll know everything God knows. And so at that moment, he sinned because he wanted to try to meet his own needs. You don't go house sex with everybody because that's what you want to do. You ain't out watching stuff on TV and doing all because that's what you want to do. You're trying to meet some basic needs that only God can feel. And that's why we sin. Come on. But hope today we will alleviate some of that. So let's get started so we can get some word on it. So identity is very important. If you think about it, before you ever born, people are already trying to identify you. Oh, yeah. Girl, you got heartburn. They're going to have a lot of hair. That baby's going to have a lot of hair. Are <laughs> oh, 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 you carrying them low? It's going to be a boy. Yeah. Come on. Or, or however that goes, right? <laughs> or, are you like purple Skittles, so they're going to be short? I just made that one up, all right? You know what I'm saying? Because that's what we're doing. But before you are ever born, people are always trying to identify you. Why? Because everybody wants to have an identity. Identity is meaningful, it's purposeful, and it has to happen, right? And so boys play sports and play football, and girls are good at music and art. Boys do math and science well, and girls do all that other stuff. That's those are, all of those are stereotypical identities that society has formed for us. But what we don't understand is, Ralph grew up without a daddy in his house. I had a stepfather, but just being, so being present doesn't mean you're, you've been fathered. Because I had a stepdaddy. I had a biological father stayed in the same city. But just because they're around doesn't mean that you've been fathered. And so, just like society starts from the beginning forming your identity, what I was beginning to realize, and I talk about myself because y'all don't want me to talk about y'all, so, <laughs> is that as I seen my relationship with my earthly father, it messed up my relationship with my heavenly father. My earthly father would say, Ralph, I'm going to come take you to Hot Springs. We're going to go to Magic Springs. I'll be there Saturday at 9. Saturday at 7, I'm dressed. 
I ate my bowl of Rice Krispies or cornflakes. All right, and I'm ready. And I wait in earnest expectation of my father to show up. Nine o'clock will come. 10 o'clock will come. Mama, where's my daddy? And before you know it, so if you, and see, that's why I'm talking about identity. It kind of brings tears to my eyes because I'm delivering now, praise God, but still, I was, I was, and see, that's why one of my priorities is to be a good father to my son. Because as daddies, we get to mold what a relationship with the father should look like. And so if you notice, what's absent in most homes is a good father figure. And so I would wait, and for years, my father would deceive me. He would trick me. And then every now and then you'll get tended something and you'll feel good, oh daddy loves me. And then you're like, let's go. And then before you know it, I ain't at the hot springs. I'm in hot springs while I'm at the racetrack instead of the go-kart track. And so I still feel mocked. And so as I began this journey of salvation, I knew God was good, but I didn't know he'd be good to me. And see, a lot of us know God is good, but the question, will he be good to me? And so we have to overcome all that. And what the enemy uses is that you, you think that God is like your father, but say he's not. Yeah. I'm a good daddy to my children, but I'm still nowhere compared to how good God will be to them. Nowhere. And so we're going to undo some of that. Think about media, how media is always trying to cause you to form an opinion about yourself. Right, and I love what's happening now on some of the stuff. With women just being natural. Be who you are, baby. You're beautiful the way you are. And if they can't accept you the way you are, forget them anyway. We don't got, I told my son, you don't got to play a sport in your life. You got to do something. But you don't got to play a sport in your life because that's not what your identity is. And so the best thing that we can do is find out our lane because here's the awesome thing about God. We are all exactly like God, but we're all different. Pull out your IDs right now. You don't got to actually do it, but think about your ID. Not one of them are alike. Why? Because we're all different. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor. you're just one, you're just one. Facet, of God. facet of God. We're all identical to God, but we all represent a facet of God. Say, so in the king, we don't need duplicates. Because right. I used to struggle, because, you know, our pastors, they're awesome. Now I'm like, here I am, a country boy from Prescott, Arkansas. I stutter, I talk slow, you know, and I'm like, what am I to be even working with them? And if you're not careful, there's an audience for slow talking, sometimes stuttering, country boy from Prescott, Arkansas. And so what the enemy tries to get you to do is to think your word has no value. Your word has value for your life and for other people's life as well. So, and re- as a believer, we have access to all of heaven's spiritual blessings, Ephesians 1 and 3. Salvation, eternal life, peace, all of that belongs to us. But what I want you to do, Re- Revelations 5 and 12 out of the Passion Translation says this. Sing with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessings. So Christ died so that we may have all of that. And what the enemy does is try to get you to manufacture that through sin to meet your own needs. When already it's there. But if you don't know it's there, 
then you won't access it. Right now, and, I, and I'm sorry if you, I, I'll use the example because this is where I operate. Aiden has a savings account. He got money. He don't even know he got money. But he got money, and because he don't realize it, he can't access it. And he can't also access it because his maturity level isn't where it needs to be to grab hold of all I got for him. You got to know what your daddy got for you. And when Pastor Sean said the other day, God is exactly who God says he is. God will do exactly what God says he'll do. What will he do? Because you say, and that's when I got convicted. And then it says, I am exactly who God says I am. Who is that? Who are you? Because if I answered the question, who, are, who am I? I'm going to say I'm an educator. I, I oversee schools, alternative schools. We help kids graduate high school through different, multiple different routes. That's not who you are. I might say I'm a father. And, 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 and that's just a role in my life. I'm a husband as well. I'm a brother and I'm an uncle. But that's not who you are. Because if you removed all my arms, if, you were took, if I got divorced, if all my kids went somewhere else, if I lost my job, does that change who I am? So who are you is the question of today. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, if you didn't know, you're the redeemed. If you didn't know, you're a saint. If you didn't know, you're the righteousness of God. If you didn't know, you're chosen, you're adopted, you're highly beloved. If you didn't know, you're the one that Christ went to the cross for, even if you're the only one that lived. Because that's who we are in Christ. So the problem with our identity is this. The ignorance of man coupled with the deception of the enemy has prevented many from us being in Christ or in our identity and understanding who we are. Our lack of knowledge of who we are in Christ turns us from victors to victims. You may say, well, how am I a victim? By identity theft. You're living a life that doesn't even belong to you in the kingdom. And, And you can't do that. Because God says, I will bless you in your land. That's why he kept telling the children, I will bless you in your land. I praise God for Ariana, because K4 ain't my land. (laughs) I don't want nothing, and I say that. I love those babies. I work with them, but that ain't my calling. I got a math degree. I taught 7th through 12th grade mathematics. Now, I deal with all your adolescents, but them babies... Bless the Lord for everybody called to do that. Why? Because you have a grace when you're in your land. Your land has to do with your identity. And so anytime I try to be anything other than what God has called me to be, I forfeit the blessing and I give way to the enemy to take hold of what God has for me. So really, it looks like this. When I choose to be somebody that God hasn't called to me to be, I take everything God has for me, I take it to the pawn shop, I give it to him, and I say, let me be somebody else in exchange for everything God's done for me. But here's the great thing about God. Say, let's at any time, a man shall choose to change his ways. The Bible says you can choose to pick it back up. 
say, tell your neighbor, so there's, no better there's no better time to change. Than right now. So by then, we walk outside of our identity in Christ when we forfeit the rights of the kingdom to the enemy. John 10 and 10 says a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter. I'm reading out of the passion translation. Sorry, y'all. We don't got our uh, projectors yet. So a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal. He wants to slaughter and he wants to destroy. But the Bible says I have come that you can give to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you what? Overflow. Yes. That's what happens when we decide to be in our identity. There's, abun so there's abundance when I stay my lane. Everybody ain't a pastor. Everybody ain't a greeter. And as we reach the 500 partners, we don't want everybody pastoring. We don't want everybody greeting. Everybody can't be in the parking lot. We need people in Victory Zone. We need people leading small group discussions. We need people doing in, in the kitchen. We need people going out to the hospital and praying for people. Say, stay your lane. Because in your lane, no matter how in your earthly eyes you see your role in the kingdom, it's great for the kingdom. Because I got this little smartwatch on. And there's a little pen right here holding it. And it's no matter how great this smartwatch is, if I decided, even that little pen, as small as it is, if I decided that it wasn't worth its reputation, it wasn't worth its identity, it wasn't worth its purpose, and I removed it, then the whole watch fails. I, it can't live out its purpose. And so caveat here, FOC can't live out its purpose when we're all trying to imitate others. Come on now! But when every one of us becomes who God has called us to be, then FOC will become exactly who God's called it to be. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor. you got a role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a role. You got a role. You got a role. Everybody, right? Uh -huh. Everybody got a role. So, so Isaiah 5 and 13, it says, therefore, my people are going into captivity because they lack knowledge. All right. They lack knowledge. Romans 10 and 13. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Mark 3 and 17. Jesus said to them, listen, no one is able to break. And see, this is, I read the scripture gave me new light. So it's like, OK, God, I'm going to read it to you. And we're going to talk about it. No one is able to break into a mighty man's house and steal his property unless he first overpowers the, the mighty man and ties him up. Now, now I'm big, but my big ain't Jimmy big. All right? It, 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 it ain't. I, I, I weigh a lot, but it, it don't produce power. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but Jimmy weigh less and it produce power. So if I tried to overtake Jimmy, I couldn't. But if Jimmy wasn't aware of his ability... Even Aiden can go into his house and take what belongs to him. And so the Bible says our ignorance is what causes us to live in captivity because we have allowed the enemy to come into our house and take things that belong to us. Because we don't understand our, that we're our father's kid. For example, how does he do it? Condemnation? Shame? Guilt? Listen here. There is nothing Aiden can do that would change his identity 
in my relationship with you. Come on. He could move to China, but he'll still be a Marlowe. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. He could go rob thousands of banks, but he'll still be a Marlowe. Yeah. He can go save thousands of lives, but he'll still be a Marlowe. Yeah. My love for him will not ever change as a father. But the harmony in our relationship may be disrupted. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And some of, so, that, so talking about condemnation is this. You're feeling bad thinking that the wrong that you've done has caused God's love to uh, stop. There's nothing that can separate God's love from you. Yeah. Right? There's nothing. So tell your neighbor, say, regardless, regardless. of what you have done, what you, have what you will do, what you're currently doing, you currently it doing. doesn't negate the fact, negate the fact that, God that God loves you. There's nothing we can do. So, so the enemy comes in and tries to make you feel like you're not worthy because you messed up. And see, that's what being, if we don't parent our kids right, they have a messed up view. If everything our kids do is based off how they act, that's not the love of God. But they will grow up thinking, and as adults, we, we will grow up thinking that, and I was a pleaser growing up, and I'm still working on overcoming that part of myself, all right? Because we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And so our, our soul com, com, is combined of, our, our soul is our mind, our will, our imagination, our intellect, and our, and, and so when you combine all that, you got a personality. And in the earth, that personality sometimes conflicts with God. So I was a pleaser. So all my life, I grew up trying to compete with people and always be the best. Had a bigger brother. I always had to outdo him. He made a 4.0. I need to make all. If he had a 90, I need because we can make a 4.0 in Prescott. So that's just it. So, so I need to have 99s in everything. He missed a day. I need to have perfect attendance. And so you grow up yeah. thinking that everything is about what you do, and yeah. then you will be rewarded. Yeah. But tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor you, accept the salvation? you accept the salvation, all of it is yours. All of it is yours. Right now, you have access to everything the Father has. Yeah. And so it's only gonna, the only mountain that can stop you is the mountain of your own ignorance. Because kids get it. Yeah. Ain't to come home with a little red day. Red day is not good, just so y'all know. All right? And he'll jump in the truck. First, he'll watch the car all slow. Now I know something up. I'm like, give me your backpack, son. He'll get it to him. I said, what, what's up? What, what happened? How's the day went? He's like, it's all right. I said, what color we on? He's like. And I already know. But soon as I said, and I like read that, I was like, what happened? He's like, yeah. He said, well, can I go get a snow cone? Because kids understand that yeah. it doesn't matter. Because daddy loves me. And, how I, and this has nothing to do with the way I behave just now. But for an adult, it's so hard for, you like, rapper, you just saying to go sin? God, no. But what I am saying is don't let your sin think make you think that you don't, you're not worthy. And it bothered God so much that in Luke 19, he was going to Jerusalem, and they went and got the donkey for him, and they threw the coat on him, and he arrived into the town, and it's only the second time that it said Jesus wept. He wept because the city of Jerusalem 
was so ignorant of their righteousness that it made him so sad. And so I decided that, Jesus, you don't got to cry for me. Because I'm going to know everything about my daddy. I know whose I am. I know who I am. And I know what belongs to me. But Jesus is in heaven, and he's crying because he's like, I want them to have it. I'm trying to hand it to them. I got an open hand, but they won't even take it because they don't think they deserve it. Think about it. If sin bothered God so much, when Adam sinned, he would just struck him dead and been done. But the moment Adam sinned, he set us up to be back where he needed us to be. Think about it. Jesus died to undo all of the sin that Adam brought into the earth. Why? Because God wanted us in his lap. Now, I'm not sure about you. When my mom was alive and I was a smaller kid, there was no better place. There was no safer place than being in my mama's lap. And so sometimes as adults, we get so holy. We get so big. We get so whatever that in your mind, you can't see yourself sitting in the lap of your father. And the other reason, because society or your daddy was gone. But today, we're going to be free. Those daddy issues. Those daddy issues that some of us have or have. We got to let those go. Anything that interferes with your relationship, you you won't even be able to trust in a relationship on earth because you don't know how to trust God. Your marriage suffers not because of the enemy. It suffers because you're trying to play a role that's not yours. Stay who, be who you are. All right, tell me where we're on time. Oh, good. All right. Okay, I got to go fast. All right, we ain't going to finish. It's okay. So let's skip. Uh, So when when God created Adam, he gave Adam significance. I'm going to talk about the characteristics of identity. Everybody in here wants to feel significant. You do. And it's okay because God created you that way. And I can't go to all the scriptures, but Genesis 1.28, God gave Adam significance. So that's an innate part of who you are. You want to have safety and security. How many people in here don't want that? Right, right? And sometimes we sin to get it. I remember taking a job. And see, we think sin is a lot of other stuff. Sin can be simply as, don't take that job. I'm taking this job. This job paid me more money than I ever made in my life. Like, I'm 20 years old making $1,000 a week. You telling me I ain't taking that job? I did. That wasn't the Lord. <laughs> Why? Because I sinned because I was trying to fulfill the basic need of safety and security. Yeah. Belonging. And we all do it. Now, men, sometimes, I'm a man, I cry. I don't got no issue with crying. I cry in front of you and everybody else. Come on, all right? But sometimes, and, and women, y'all are emotional than we are in general. All right, I don't want to be too stereotypical. But we all want to belong to somebody. And so how we get that feeling of belonging sometimes look different. And so what you got to understand is that feeling is natural. God made us to belong. Think about it. When he looked at Adam, he saw Adam was alone in the garden. He said, let me make somebody. You know? Why? Because... He knew that he needed somebody else to do what? 
belong with. Say, we are, we are social creatures. Social creatures. Yeah. There is a feeling of belonging. If you're not careful, you'll sin. Why? Because you'll try to feel that, fulfill that basic need of belonging outside the will of God. That's Genesis 2 and 18. So Eve's creation created a human community that was meaningful, open, sharing relationship with others. That's what it did. Because God saw that human beings needed to do what? Belong. So what do we have? We got significance, safety and security, and belonging. And so the desire to rule, so he also gave Adam the opportunity to rule, right? He gave Adam the opportunity to dominate, dominate, to produce, to multiply, multiply, be fruitful, and have safety and security. Those are all identity markers. That's who you are in Christ. And you think about every sin you've committed, some way you wasn't getting that need met, so Come you on. tried to fill it yourself. Come on. And there, Aiden's calling me. I was, so I was like, what? So sorry. So, so those are all things we try to fulfill ourselves. So, so, part, so that's what was happening. So think about sin. I just want you to take a moment. Think about your sin and think about what basic need did I say, I've stated that you were trying to fulfill by sinning. So those feelings that you have of why you're doing that, they ain't necessarily wrong. But the way you fulfill them is the wrong thing. So the purpose of our spiritual identity is to give us life, is to give us access, and it's to establish our authority. So think about an ID. So like I said, I work in schools. I work with probably 30 different school districts. And so I have an ID. And when I go to a school, I walk up to a school, and y'all know y'all schools now, they all locked down. All right? And if it's not, you need to call somebody and tell them they need to be like that. All right? So you shouldn't just be able to walk in the building. So I take my ID, I swipe it, and it gives me access. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor. neighbor. Walking in your identity, in your identity. Gives, you access. gives you access. You can't get what God has when you're not being who God's called you to be. Come on. That, that's a simple concept. It establishes your authority. So when I'm wearing, and I keep using a school example. So when I'm wearing my ID and I'm walking through a building and, and, and people see me, they don't really bother me. Because my ID gives me authority to be there. It gives me authority to say things and people do things. It gives me authority to talk to kids when they're out of line. Or give a kid a pat on the back when they're doing good. Because I, like, I do both. I'll be your biggest cheerleader. And I'll be right there on you when you ain't doing it right. Come on. But because I know who I am, I operate in the role of what I've called to do. Yeah. And so you take that to the spiritual side. Because I know who I am, I ain't trying to be out here. Like, I, I ain't going to be passionate. I ain't, I ain't the one. I ain't the, I'm not the exhorter. I'm not, I'm not that. All right? That's not my authority role. But what I am is a person called the kids. Come on. And so I walk in that authority, and in that authority I have the ability to speak to people and speak to young men and see their lives change. Yes. But see, what we want to do, we want to cover, covet what we think are the greater gifts. Come on. Listen, we all call to be preachers, all right? Come on. But you want to be up here. Come on. 
when you ain't going to do it at your desk. You know what I'm saying? My authorities in education were April as a nurse, angels in business, Jimmy's in healthcare. We all have domains in the earth that we've been called to exercise authority over. Lord, no, we need authority in politics and government. And so when we all walk in our role, the earth rejoices. That's why the Bible says the earth is in earnest expectations for the manifestations of the what? Sons of God. Why? All that's saying is we waiting on you to walk out who you called to be. Come on. So let's talk about the theft part because I'm going to have to jump around. We won't have time. So how does, the, how does the enemy come at you? Because if you know how he comes at you, then we can counter, counterfeit that, right? I mean, we can come against that. So theft or not, try to make us ashamed of our identity. For, so listen, Pastor Evan taught a message. You have to go listen to it about shame and guilt. It's online. We're in the Apple Store now. We're in the Google Play Store. We're in a lot of places. Go listen to the message on shame and guilt because we can't talk about it a lot now. But how many times, and we can raise our hand on this one because it's going to be everybody, maybe, have you felt like you, didn't, you weren't worthy of something because you were ashamed or guilty of something that you had done? Even though, what does the word say in Romans 1, 16? For I'm not ashamed. What? I'm not ashamed. Why? Because the, why shouldn't you be ashamed? Because of the good news. Yeah. What's the good news? It's the gospel. What does the gospel say? That he died for all my sin. Yeah. Shame and guilt are byproducts of what? So I don't got to deal with that. But because I think I know the word at this level, I mentally assent to the fact that I'm not shameful and guilty, but I then act like I'm shameful and guilty. Because here's the thing, you'll never be able to act at a level that you don't perceive yourself at. So I may be trying to act like I'm walking in freedom, but I perceive myself as condemned. I perceive myself as being in shame. I perceive myself as guilty. So I can't sustain a life of freedom because I don't perceive myself that way. Like it's hot in here to me. All right. And when the temperature gets to a certain spot and, and that thermostat is set, it brings it back down. And if you got a nice one, when it gets too cool, it'll turn the heat on to bring it back up. Why? Because the thermostat is set. And so same goes with your mentality. No matter how much you try to act a certain way, you will always regulate yourself to your perceived thoughts of who you are, what you deserve, how well you should live life, how money should flow in and out of your life. Why? Because until you change your thinking, you can never change your identity. That's why the Bible tells us in Romans 12 to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. God isn't trying to get you to do work. God is trying to get you to get his stuff. He's trying to get you to manifest kingdom. Reading the word isn't about you having to miss watching power. It isn't about you missing the basketball game. It isn't about you having to fast. It isn't about God just trying to make you miss eating dessert. God is trying to position you to receive everything that he has. But when your perception of fasting is only that I miss food and not because God is putting me in the stream of finished works to inherit all that he has, then you don't do it. 
Or you'll start that day fast, and by lunch, somebody, I mean, by 10 o'clock, somebody brought shipless donuts or something, and you over here eating donuts. Oh, Lord, well, I ate one. I might as well forget the whole day and eat for the rest of the day. Why? Because your perceived thought is, what's the benefits of that? And I was, and I'm guilty of this one. It doesn't take all that. Because I'm reserved. Like, if you catch me in the club, which you wouldn't have, uh, or if you did at some point, maybe, I was still on the wall. Because the fact of dancing is so awkward to me. I don't like the way it makes my body feel, you know? I just don't. Me and my wife been together since we were teenagers. And, and I dance only for her or my kids. My kids, my kids are changing, man. Uh, but anyway, I don't like it. You know what I'm saying? And so, but you begin to do something when you perceive that act for a different purpose. I don't like dancing, but when I perceive that it brings her great pleasure, I dance. And so, what am I saying? When you perceive yourself to be doing something to satisfy the Father, is that good enough for you, though? Is it good enough? His perception of the fact that you may accept him was good enough for him to die. Just, to per, just him thinking that Raph would accept me was good enough for him to go to the cross. He didn't need to know. He just thought I would. So he gave it all. Just because he thought I would. But his love for us doesn't drive us to do the same. The Bible says, what are the greatest commandments? To love our God with what? All your heart. And love your neighbor? Same. Because God is saying, look, when you understand and you can perceive my love for you, then you can understand how you need to operate. We can't even parent right without knowing God's love. So, Let's talk about carnality. And I know I'm hopping around. I'm just trying to give you tidbits of what I've been working on. Carnality, lack of repentance and faith in God. You never outgrow your need for repentance and reliance on God. Now, you always say, but repent means to turn around and go away from the sin, right? It is in, it is in the moment you step out of your identity that the enemy plans to steal, kill, and destroy goes into effect. He knows he can make attempts while you're in Christ, but he will never prevail. Why? Because Corinthians tells us that we already have what? Victory in Christ. But he will. But when we step outside of our identity, now we operate in self-reliance, which is a byproduct of sin, therefore giving the enemy access to everything that we have. It's like if Aiden right now as a five-year-old decided, Daddy, I'm moving out. All right, and that's crazy to us, right? But some of us have maturity of age, spiritually. But we try to move out on God. Say, so you never too grown to move out the kingdom. Ralph, what's the kingdom? God's way of thinking and God's way of doing things. So, but what the enemy tries to get you to do, he says, if I can move you to be rely on yourself, 
then I can come in to the strong man's house and you will bind yourself with your ignorance and I will loot you for all you got. That's why it's important to not just know enough, but have that deep enough knowledge that it flows out of us in abundance. How else does the enemy come for us? Deception. Doesn't take all that. Try to distort your character. Give you false knowledge. Think about it. When, when Jesus finished fasting 40 days, the enemy came to him, and the enemy, say, the enemy know the word. You should know the word. Because I like how Pastor Edwin always saying how when they study counterfeit money, they never look at counterfeit money. Come on. They, they know counterfeit money because they always got their eyes on what? The real thing. So you'll know a counterfeit not because I got a steady sin. That's why if you're a sinner, or if, you, if you're saved, you're not a sinner. If you're saved, you're a saint who sins, but God can forget. I mean, we can work on that. All right? But if you focus on the sin, you're always sin. Because to focus on the sin and say, I'm not going to stop this, now you're doing in what? Self-reliance. And, and the enemy sets you up. I mean, look, look how precise this is. Because I had issue X, right? So issue X, I'm like, I'm going to stop this. And so I go a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. I mean, I'm at, I'm at eight weeks. You know, I'm kind of feeling good about myself. Yeah, yeah. Then issue X arrives, right opportunity, right environment, and you fail. And the enemy just, and then he comes in and he crushes your character. He crushes your mentality. Why? Because the enemy has no desire to take you out when you're low. He wants to take you out at your apex. He wants you to take you out at your, at your highest point. Why? Because he wants to see what other collateral damage he can get along the way. And then every time you think you're going to overcome, you end up finding yourself doing it again. The enemy reminds me, why even start this time? You didn't finish last time. Why, why, why even try to do that again? You failed it last time. I'm not sure who this is for, but your business. It'll prosper when you choose to do it God's way. Your identity... You, Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor. You, don't need people. you don't need people. You need God. You need God. Because it's, it, it, and sometimes we get holy, right? You're like, well, I know Mika. Mika got this information. Mika got this. Or oh, I know, I know Centresta or Taylor. Taylor take pictures. And I got this. She'll be my connect on this. But did God tell you that Taylor was your connect? So many times we put people in our lives to fulfill a vision that God ain't called to fulfill a vision. And when you do that, you walk outside of God's identity for your life. Therefore, you can't produce what God has you to produce. So, the, the, another way he steals it, he tries to make us think that God's love isn't consistent. No matter how you feel about God's love towards you, it still doesn't change the fact that it's present and eternally consistent. It hasn't changed from the day he died from your sin. God doesn't love you any more today than he did before you was ever born. Come on. He'll love you the same today when you die and go be in glory. Why? Right. Because his love is eternally consistent. Yeah. Come on. And so what we need to do is understand that so that we can walk in his goodness. Condemnation doesn't exist in our spiritual identity. 1 John 2, you are my dear children and I write these things to you so that you won't sin. I write these things to you so that you won't try to meet your basic needs. Because when you see her sin, I mean, 
That's your own, that's self-reliance to meet your basic needs. But if anyone does sin, we continually have a forgiving redeemer. Say praise God. Who is face to face with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the world. So no matter what you do, Jesus is forever before the father covering you. It's like this. When I go look in the mirror, and this is how we are spiritual, we see ourselves. But you should, you should never look in your spiritual reflection and see you should always be Christ. Anytime we look at ourselves and we see us, that's wrong. We should always see Christ. Why? Because when you accept the salvation, what blood covered you? Christ. You took on the spirit of God. And so it's like when God breathed into Adam. Adam was not a living being. God breathed into him. His physical man came alive, but the spiritual man came alive as well. And then Adam possessed the soul. And so the same thing with you. When you got born again, God gave you a new heart. Say new heart. New heart. God, your spirit came alive. Say I am. I am. And 100%, 100% alliance, alliance with God, with God. Through, my spirit. through my spirit. The problem is your soul. Because yeah. your body is going to respond to whatever your soul or your spirit tells it to do. So the struggle is, and I'm not going to touch this because Valley taught this one. We are saved. We are being saved. And we will be saved. So here it is. I have an identity. I'm working on my identity, and I've already been identified. God has already done all that for us. But what we got to do is stick to the word. Say, stick to the word. So another theft of identity, duplication. We each are identical to Christ, but different from each other. We each are called to present, represent a facet of God in the earth. Living under the premise of someone else's identity leaves you vulnerable to attacks. Come on. Come on come on I am not Pastor Edwin. Come on. I'm not Jimmy. Come on. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not Sparky. I'm not Kedra. I'm Ralph. Come on. And I can be perfect at being me. Think about how much time you spend trying to look at media, trying to look at other people and perfect what they're doing, when you will never be a perfect them because you can't. Come on. No matter how much time you spend imitating others, you can't perfect them because you don't have their identity. Come on. Say, neighbor. neighbor. If you want to be perfect, be you. Be you. In Christ. In Christ. <laughs> be you in Christ. Right? Be you in Christ, because that's the difference. Because in Christ, think about all the times you read the Bible and it says, I have blah, 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 in Christ. Yeah. This, 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 in Christ. Why? In Christ is our identity. That's what we are. All right, we're going to wrap up. So mentally ascending to the word. Some of us have been around the word for a little while, all right? We've been around, and we think we know it. But do you know it good enough that you act on it? Like Aiden? Y'all pray, y'all should just stretch your hands for me. We pray for that spirit of stubbornness. <laughs> All right? But that's how we are at the work. Sometimes we think we know enough to be fluent at it, but we really don't know enough to be fluent at it. Like, like right now, if a crisis went down, I have been in enough of those that my reaction would probably slow everything down, and I'll begin to think what I need to do, right? Why? Because I have experience in that. 
And so, but if you're not experienced, you're going to be the one hurting somebody, getting to those double doors, trying to get out. Why? Because it's fight or flight. You're trying to figure out what happened. Experience gives you knowledge that you can walk out. And so sometimes we think because we know that, that a scripture about wealth, that, that we can just walk out wealth and we mad at God because we ain't millionaires yet. It's not enough just to know the word, but it's enough, it's, it, you got to know it deep enough that it flows out of you in abundance. Like right now, you talk about math, it's in abundance. Like I took, I took math forever. Like, like I never want to see the science and engineering building again at the U of A. Like, like forever in math classes to the point that the numbers went away and it was just words in math. But I became full of it to the point now that it comes out in abundance. Are we so full of who we are that who we are comes out in abundance and that it overflows and it attracts people? Because when you walk into your identity, one of the benefits is attraction. Yeah. People are called, they're attracted to who you are because who you are is a facet of God and people are looking for God. Yeah. But because we are individuals, he made us just like God, but we're all different. Yes. So there are people waiting on you, there are people waiting on you, there are people waiting on you. Why? Because when we walk our identity, the kingdom re- re- wins. Yes. There's no, there's no need for uh, duplication in the kingdom. There's, we have to understand our identity. We must not mentally assent to the word because you cannot consistently behave in a way that's different than what you believe or how you perceive yourself. And we talked about that already. So I'm going to be the best rap I can. I'm going to walk out best rap I can in Christ. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit in Philippians 4. It tells me it's the Spirit working in me but to do of his will and his good pleasure. So the easiest thing for us to do to accept our identity is first, it takes faith. God, it takes forgiveness. I forgive my daddy. I forgive my mama. Because if you really start searching yourself, you'll start sending your family how it's molded the way you see life. Financially, for me, I grew up in a house. We never owned anything. We rented everything. On Friday was your day to eat out. You didn't eat out during the week. During, on Monday, that child support check would come, $52.50. We would go down to the grocery store. We would buy enough food to last for four days because on Friday we're getting paid and we get to eat out. You spend everything you had while you had it because if you didn't spend it while you have it, somebody else will take it. Bill collectors. If they call, then I ain't at home. You talk a lie. <laughs> and you see money coming in and out of your life. And you identify with that. And so when I grew up, and April can attest to that, I, was, I didn't have a savings. Because I was so trained that no matter how much I made, I spent it all. Because that was my identity. And so until I began to allow the word of God to change what my identity was, and tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor. you may not like to, you but you need to. Read. Read. All right? Because reading the word, because here's, and this is where we're in, because I know we're out of time. The Bible doesn't tell you everything about you. Romans 1, I think it's 17, says faith comes by hearing, 
and hearing by the word of God. And so for so long, we just thought, faith is about hearing, hearing about, let me keep hearing the word of God. But the word of God is logos. It's the written word that you see in your Bible. But there's rhema word, which is God's spoken voice. You read enough of the written word to know God's character to understand the rhema word when he speaks to you. The way I learn to identify with God's voice to live out everything I'm called to do is that I got to spend time in my Bible. Like that spring break, I saw April after, uh, I mean, that spring break, I saw April line up. She shaking her head. And I saw those chocolate legs. I identified with something, right? I spent time studying it. I spent time understanding her character, her likes, her dislikes, you know? You put in work, you put in time, because why? It was something I wanted to pursue because I thought it was glorious. I still think it is. And so what happened was I had to begin begin to be a studier of the April, but in order to produce the result I needed. Because even when she broke up with me, I knew she was mine. Two years later, I went back. Why? Because I knew what I wanted. How many times have we invested in relationships more than our relationship with God? The Bible says, study to show yourself approved. God isn't trying to take. Tell your neighbor, say, God is not a taker. He's a giver. God is asking you to study the word to give you everything that you need. But you can't, act. if I go to the bank right now and say, hey, I need some money, they're going to say, Mr. Marlowe, and I'm going to say, yeah, I need to see your what? ID. ID. Why? It gives you access. Yes. It gives you access. Your inheritance is tied up in you being who you are. And every time you, unlay, you, you peel off a layer of your identity, you're promoted. Why? Because God can trust you. And there are some things that God can't trust you with right now. Because God said, I, I, I want to give you the house, but you don't even pay your apartment rent on time. You don't even keep it clean. When I asked you to let somebody come over for dinner, you wouldn't even open your door. But we want more. Let's just be real. Because that's the thing that God told me in all this. He said, Ralph, there's no secret that you can't tell me because I know anyway. But how many times did enemies talk to you about, oh, I don't need to talk to this about God. I can't say this to God. Dude, you need to be raw and real before the Lord. He know it anyway. But study to show yourself approved, all right? And so when you do that, your faith begins to grow, and as your faith begins to grow, your identity becomes more manifested in the earth, amen? So Galatians 2 and 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by what? Faith in the Son of God who loved me. And so the identity I live, I live only because Christ. If Christ had to be identified by living through the... Christ told many times, he was like, it ain't me. I only say what the God say. I only say what my Father say. So you only sin because you try to do it yourself. So the moment we become reliant on God, sin goes away, our identity manifests, and then we walk out all his glory. And I love what Taylor said on Facebook. People just got to spend time seeing themselves at the free throw line. She said she'll see herself at the free throw line. It could be a crowd of people, thousands of people. 
and she'll pull out everything that distracts her. She'll isolate the booze, she'll isolate the crowd noise, she'll isolate the teammates, the cheerleaders, the band, and all she hears is the ball bouncing. When we study the Word of God and we get it deep enough, all that does is causes us to focus. And I see myself living in a house fully paid for. I see myself being able to write checks and paying for kids' colleges. Why? Because the one thing I know about my identity is this identity of a giver. And and, and every day I live, I give. If I'm breathing, I'm giving. Because that's a part of my identity. It ain't who you got to be. But that's a part of my identity. Mika, Mika going to witness everywhere she goes. If it's her and the doorknob, and, and, she, can, and she think they ain't saved, and they spark a conversation, that doorknob going to see Christ. Why? Because that's a part of her identity. And I don't try to be Mika, and Mika don't got to try to be me. But you got to see yourself exactly where God wants you to be. And you got to isolate your lane. And you got to, like when you're on the interstate and you got a lot of traffic and people are going all different directions, you don't be watching all them other cars. You may see them in your peripheral, but where's your focus? On your lane. And so when we get in the Word of God, we ask God, God, where's my lane? Help me to walk in it. And you read enough of the Word that you begin to download His voice. And then He, because it wasn't the Bible that tell me to be an educator. There ain't, ain't nowhere in Scripture. Is it, it Marlotians 20 and 5? You need to be a teacher when you grow up. It doesn't say that. That was downloaded from heaven. And so that's why it's important. So when we hear that scripture, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, it's just not the word. You never hear from God and don't respond. When you hear from God, it revokes a response. And here's the thing, when you respond, no man comes to God believing and doesn't receive. So the things that God told you, and you heard him say, if you respond, it's done. It's done in heaven, but it manifests in earth. Because that's how God works. He set us up to be who he called us to be. And when we be who he called us to be, then we manifest all that he has for us. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. And you may say, well, Ralph, how do I do this? Because we didn't get to everything, but that's fine. You do it because, say, walking out my identity identity requires a daily decision. decision. Galatians 5 and 16 says this. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. But Ralph, how do I walk in the Spirit? You hear God. But Ralph, how do I hear God? I don't hear Him. You read His Word. The same way you know your kids, the same way you know your mom or whoever you know well, you spend time with them. And it's amazing how we want everything God has without spending time with Him. And it doesn't always take a lot of time, but it does require time. Because anything worth having is worth investing in. 
So, God, we thank you today that we know whose we are and we know who we are in you. We thank you that right now in the name of Jesus, our identity has been sealed thousands of years ago. We thank you that your love is eternally broadcasting through all of the earth, Father. And we choose to tune in to the channel of your love. We thank you that we're not condemned. We're not ashamed. We're not guilty. We're not unworthy. God, we thank you that right now that we are, we are everything you have called us to be. We put the enemy on notice that we will not be the strong man that operates in ignorance and allows him to come in and rob our house any longer. We pick up the word of God. We know the knowledge of God. We use our shield of faith to come against every fiery dart that the enemy tries to throw our way. And God, we thank you for that. And God, right now, we thank you for deliverance from issues of our past. Some of us still suffer with issues from our daddies. And having a father around and not present, or having a father that you never seen, it leaves a place in you that's void. And it, and it really interrupts things. So I want to pray for those. And you, you can stay where you are. But if you know that, hey, I got issues with my parents, or I, I got these daddy issues, whatever they are, just raise your hand. We're going to pray. Because the one thing I know that God has called the men of FOC to do is that we will be great lights for our family. We will teach our children how to receive from God. But first, we must receive from God. So, Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you that you're filling every hole, every void that, that, that a lack of a father may have left in your children. I thank you that right now in the name of Jesus that, that emotional healing emotion is taking place. I thank you that emotional scars have been removed. I thank you that every time that the daddy told them they'll come and they didn't come. I thank you that you, you will show up, God. I thank you that every act of their earthly father and the way that it molded their identity, God, we come against that now. We declare the enemy will not steal who we are based on what our earthly father's done. And we forgive our earthly fathers. And, we, and, and if that's you, just for, whoever your daddy is, say, Father, I forgive you. You may not even know his name. But I forgive you, because forgiveness isn't about the other person. Forgiveness is about you. And, and you don't got to feel a certain way to forgive. Forgiveness is an act of faith. 